Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. I'm your host, Ross Harrop, local C12 chairman, Hammond, Tampa Bay, sitting in for my friend Jim Brangenberg, as I do on the first Friday of each month, except, Joe, when it's Friday the 13th. Uh, This show features the C12 group, our marketplace movement, and showcases the faith and business aspects of our local C12 members and our impact on marketplace ministries across Tampa Bay and America. And it's exciting to highlight local C12 group members and their kingdom companies who apply the very principles and concepts that Jim talks about each and every day on on his I Work For Him shows. My hope is you'll be inspired to take action on an idea that we talk about today or as you listen to one of our podcasts. Many thanks to Joe Weaver, engineering the show and taking your calls When you have a chance, check out the latest on our IWorkForHim.com website. And while you're out there, please prayerfully consider joining me, Jim, Martha, and the IWorkForHim Nation. Start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day, and you'll be amazed at how you and they will be changed. Remember, you and I may be the only Jesus that our coworkers and employees may ever meet. I know I have my signed covenant above my desk as a personal reminder, Joe, and uh, I know you do as well. In the C12 group movement across the country, our motto is to build great businesses for a greater purpose. So I'm glad you've joined us on this second Friday of January as we focus on ministry in the marketplace and the concepts that you can use in your business. That's what this show's all about. Let me tell you uh, about my special guest today. Scott and Terry Hitchcock own the Greater Tampa Bay C12 franchise. And while I should be introducing them as my bosses, or as my boss Scott and the Queen Terry, I'd rather introduce them as my dear friends and mentors for the past four and a half years as I've been serving as a chair. And uh, while we have uh, shed a few tears over those years, we're best known for some of the outrageous laughing spells, which we don't want to have, Scott and Terry, uh, on the air today. Welcome, and uh, hey, let's get right into it, because uh, this first segment uh, ends rather quickly. So what I'd really like to do uh, is in welcoming both of you is just to ask what have you seen Christ doing in your life recently that revealed the the ongoing work that He has called you to do and in, uh, in your life? So I don't know who wants to go first. We'll let we'll let the Queen go first. Terry, <laughs> thank welcome. you, thank you very much, Ross, for having us. Um, and actually, my what I would say is an incident that happened just yesterday, um, about two and a half years ago. The Lord laid on my heart that there was a real need for 
um, older women, women in the church, mentoring younger women. And I've had that on my heart for a while. And um, just yesterday, I got a call uh, from a church asking if I would meet with the pastor to begin to work out a mentoring program. And um, I already mentor several young women um, on a weekly basis, which has just delighted my life. But I've wanted to do more. And just yesterday, the Lord opened that door for me to be able to start this ministry. And I think it's, it just goes to show that the Lord honors the desires of your heart. Yeah, isn't that amazing when, when you see that come to life? And, uh, okay, we're delighted to have Scott and Terry Hitchcock here in the, uh, in the studio with us today. They are the, the, the leaders. They call themselves the stewards of the C12 group movement here in Greater Tampa Bay, uh, not the owners. And uh, so we're going to jump right back in. We heard from Terry about what the Lord was doing in her life and mentoring with women in the in the local churches, and uh, and that's exciting to see that uh, that you weren't praying for this particular pastor to call you. It just it it just happened. It was God's well, answer to it. No, I was praying for for that, for that door to be opened. Okay. I really was, yeah. and um, and. For two and a half years, I've had that desire in my heart for it to go larger because I think there's such a need for it. And just yesterday, the Lord opened that door. It's, it is, uh, it's amazing. Scott, so I ask you the same question. Where have you seen Christ at work in your life, uh, and how has it been revealed to you? Thanks, Ross. It's a, it's a pleasure being here with you. Um, interestingly enough, we went back... Uh, we were planning on doing something different in Orlando at Christmas time with um, with our daughter, and um, we wound up uh, having Terry's sister get very sick and wind up in the emergency room. And as a result of that, we had to change our plans and instead went to New Orleans over Christmas. And we thought we were going there to take care of her younger handicapped sister, which we did, but the reality of it was Terry's middle sister, Shelley, is the one that is really responsible for taking care of Mary Kay all the time, and she had not asked for help. But when we got there, it was a God thing that we were able to really take care of her, give her some time off, and watch her decompress, which she desperately needed and gave Terry a chance to see how important it is to get even more involved being this far away from New Orleans. So she's calling every day to check up on her younger sister, which is also holding them accountable. So it's been just a great opportunity for Terry and her sisters to really see God at work in their lives and for us. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how just at the right moment you had plans, but I think that as people are listening to the broadcast, I hope that what they'll what they'll really hear and will come uh, through in your story is that the two of you are always responsive and, and willing to hear what what God is saying in, in your life. And I and I hope that that's the message, uh, and why I was so excited about having both of you come on, uh, so that uh, we could we could share that. Okay, so we've got. Um, uh, just a few moments here, but we 
We're going to learn a lot about the C12 business and your journey with Christ throughout today's ministry in the Marketplace show. But first, very quickly, give us a broad overview of the geography and the size uh, of the C12 movement here in Greater Tampa Bay. Scott, would you do that for us? You bet. Um, our territory basically includes Hillsborough County, Pinellas County, Pasco County, and over to in Polk County, over to Lakeland which includes about 100,000 people, uh, businesses. And out of that, we have currently uh, 12 C12 groups going on in the greater Tampa Bay area, which includes seven owners groups and five what we call key players groups or, or management groups. So we have about 114 people involved in C12 in the Tampa Bay area, which ranks us in part of the top two or three franchises in the country. And so as you you look at that opportunity, uh, you've been doing this now for two decades, right? I mean, you've been given leadership to to these three and a half counties. Yes. Right. right? Um, what do we, what would you say is your, the thing that excites you most as you look at? the growth that you have experienced over these 20 years and as you, um, and just our last minute here what, uh, for before the break, but what would you say the thing that gets you most excited as to what you're seeing right now? Well, number one, the growth of the people, but more importantly, the changes in the lives of the people that are a part of C12. When they come in initially, I was talking with a new member the other day, and as he put it, he had never thought about uh, his business as actually a church. And I challenged him to think of himself as a pastor of a church that he runs for God. And when somebody gets that and starts implementing it, then all of a sudden they begin changing their activities in the way they treat people and really begin to do a better job of witnessing for Christ and and ministering the need with their their prophet. Isn't it amazing when we look at it as God's business instead of our own? Okay, we've been talking to Scott and Terry Hitchcock about God's work at the C12 Group right here in the greater Tampa Bay area. So let's get right back into it. Scott, back in 1997, when you became the first full-time C12 chairman in the country ever, uh, following what had really been a creation between Buck Jacobs and God as they they developed this thing locally here in uh, in Greater Tampa Bay, I guess that means Sarasota and Bradenton as well, right? Right. Um, so, give us an insight into those early days, and how did you make the move from what was a very successful Dale Carnegie? Um, you were you were the owner of that uh, program here right. in Greater Tampa Bay, right? And uh, their franchise to the C12 Group, which was clearly a fledgling new uh, startup um, under. Uh, the, the the guidance and the vision of Buck Jacobs. What was that like for you to do that? It was really a godsend. We had reached the point in our C12, or our, our Dale Carnegie business, where we had been very blessed and done very well, but we ran into a challenge when we uh, lost one of our, our top guys, our general manager, and we lost $250,000 on a million dollars in sales. We were not making a 25% profit, if you do the math. 
And uh, so we were really struggling. And I was looking for ideas and input from other business owners to try to find out what do you do when you can't meet payroll on Friday or what do you do when you know, you have all of these challenges. Absolutely. And the bottom line was is that I really didn't have people in my life that I could ask those questions of and I tried to get into another group here at the time called Tech which is now called Vistage but we were not large enough and so I heard about C12 and uh, contacted Buck who came to tell me that it was an all-day CEO Roundtable, but it was faith-based, and that really attracted me. And so I joined, and within the year, God really blessed us, turned the company around, and then he asked Terry and I, would we consider selling the Carnegie franchise and doing C12 instead? And uh, he had asked two or three people previous to us who it did not work out for, and so Terry and I were his first guinea pigs and prayed about it and decided to make a go of it. And with a lot of struggles that you always have when you have a startup, God really blessed it. And it was an opportunity to really learn how to grow the business with him. Um, being his very first one, now there's almost 100 C12 chairs and 2,000 members around the country. Yeah, and in most of the, or in many of the metropolitan cities um, as well across the country, and um, ultimately this will go global as uh, what became, what started as an idea in Buck and Bonnie's living room as they uh, as they got this thing started. Um, it, Terry, what what was it like for you um, in in Working with Buck, um, Buck's been on this program with Jim, um, talking about his book I, I Radical, and it was um, it, it was a great opportunity for Jim, who so respects Buck. But what I'd like to know is, what is it that you know about Buck Jacobs, the you know, the, the founder of, of C12 Group, and uh, in 2017 going to celebrate its 25th anniversary? What is it that what is it about his heart that you'd like folks to, to, to know not only in this community but around uh, the world listening to it uh, on iPodcasts or whatever um, Buck is an all-in kind of guy when Buck does something he's all in and when he got into C12 when he birthed the idea from the Lord um, he he was all in. He wrote the material. He did everything. And he probably is one of the most committed Christians that I know. He walks the talk. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that was the challenge to us is can we do what he does? Um, and it was, it was flattering to think that he thought we could and yet humbling all at the same time. But he is definitely a man of his word. He is a man who loves the Lord and, and just does everything knowing that he is trying to follow Christ's path for him. Yeah, he's all in, isn't he? Yeah, all yeah. in. <laughs> and, and anyone who has not um, heard of uh, Buck's latest book, it's called I Radical. It's his story. It's the story of the founding of uh, of the C12 movement. And um, if you think it's going to be one of those boring little stories about the founding of C12, it is not. And uh, I don't know about you, uh, Scott and Terry, um, there, were, there were 
there were stories that were in that book that I just found myself just weeping as I read it because I know the man and to 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 dig that deep into his heart um, and uh, as Buck is fond of reading about many of of those that are the foundation of our faith and uh, I know for me he's one of those men as well yeah mm-hmm. uh, absolutely so I'd highly recommend I Radical uh, by Buck Jacobs. Terry, I know it was 20 years ago, but what was it like to, to, for you to take that step of faith, leaving the successful Carnegie franchise, even though you had had that, that, uh, that temporary um, wake-up with, uh, with the loss of, of funding? But uh, I know you sold out for G- Jesus Christ now, but what counsel would you share with others who are on a similar courageous adventure? Uh, first of all, admit that it's frightening. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely yeah. frightening. Right. Uh, to leave something that is absolutely um, been your foundation and your your security blanket to go into something where you have no income and you have to rely on the Lord and your husband's selling skills. Um, it was literally frightening for me. But the one thing that I knew, it was a call on our lives. Because we had sought the Lord in prayer and both knew that this was the Holy Spirit's movement of us into something different. It was, And it was at a terrible time in our life. We had two kids in college. So it wasn't like our living expenses right? were yeah. at, their, at their least <laughs> expensive. We had two kids in college. We had a, a mortgage. You know, everything that everybody has. And yet we were being called by the Lord to go into something as you said, a fledgling ministry that at the time, Buck had no intention of growing. He just, the Lord led him to ask us if we wanted to try to do it. He had no intention of growing. Yeah, it was a test, really. Right? It, was it was a, a test. pilot, a pilot program, it right? Was, okay. To see if it could be replicated. Could right. somebody else do it other than Buck? That yeah. was the test. Yeah. And at 50 years old, it was a frightening test. Yeah. And, uh, and you were faithful to it. And uh, so uh, as you look back, you've been married now 41 years. <laughs> well, okay. That's why I call her the queen. We should yeah. call her the saint. Um, th- there are couples that are listening in the audience today that wonder how can a, a husband and wife, how could they possibly work together for four decades or for four weeks, some of them, right? <laughs> And, 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 and you've done it now in two different successful ministries, mm-hmm. because you, you led Carnegie in, in, in a similar way, even um, though it wasn't faith-based and you didn't have that background and knowledge then. Uh, what, what has been your secret of, of working together in that way? You first. Yeah, that's safe. <laughs> See, there you go, Scott. Always safer. Okay, Terry. Um. First of all, I would have to say we recognized early on in our marriage that our giftings were in two different areas. He is the consummate salesman. I am the organizer, manager, sort of admin. Um, And so what I think that one of the things we did well was that we keyed in on our different giftings. And so I learned quickly on the more I left him in the field and did the background stuff to keep him out there, the more successful we began. 
We also are consummate communicators. There isn't a day that doesn't go by that we're not sharing with one another. And, and I think that element of our relationship has kept us working together for 41 years and married and still in a great marriage. Scott, what, what has been the secret for you? I want to come back and talk about how you uh, create a bridge with those differences. But, but what is that? What's been the, the secret for you? And, and don't take the easy way out and just uh, say, oh, yes, she, you know, she's right. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I was going to say, she said, don't, don't say this when the car on the way here. She said, but I, just, I have learned the two best words in marriage is yes, dear. Yeah. Oh, um, and you best. laugh, but that's, that's very much the case in many cases. Um, for us, it's, as Terry has said, it, we made the decision at the very beginning of our marriage that we talk every night. When we come home, I am not your normal person, as you as you know, Ross. Um, I'm very verbal, and I talk a lot. Um, so she will ask me, how did my day go? And I will start with the moment I wake up and go through, and she'll have to say, could you make it shorter, get to the bottom line, kind of like you're doing now. And um, so one of the things that, as she has said, that has helped us is we communicate a lot. We share with each other what's going on, good and bad. I use her as my sounding board. She is truly my best friend and soulmate. And because we have different giftings, we don't get in each other's ways and make a great team that God has blessed successfully in living together and doing the, doing the businesses. So what I'd like to do here in, um, as we move into this next segment, we're going to take a break in just a moment, but... I know that uh, your favorite uh, book in the Bible, or one of them for sure, is the book of John, and, uh, and you've done a lot of training um, in the whole concept of abiding in Christ. And uh, so I, I, when we come back, um, I, I want to, uh, to have you kind of give us some insight into how you've worked through your differences, those differences but through the abiding process. Um, John chapter 15 is, uh, is one that you go back to over and over again in the, in the training. And uh, so we'll, uh, we'll come back. And um, while this isn't as much today about how to run a C12 group and what that's all about, um, what we're hoping to do today is to give people an insight into what it's like to lead for Jesus Christ, and, uh, and you're doing that. So, okay, so today on Ministry in the Marketplace, we've been talking to C12's leadership team, Scott and Terry Hitchcock, about their lives. Thanks to God's grace, they're here today, have an impressive and, and really an incredible testimony. So we want to get right back into it. We, we were left in the last segment talking about how you work through your differences. Tell us a little bit about the abiding process, not only, um, I know you have a, uh, actually, you've been involved in a, a teaching a course that Jill and I participated in, but tell us about what that's been like for you. What, how do you work through those differences through the abiding process? Scott, you want to go first? Sure. For 30-some-odd years of our marriage, Terry and I would usually agree on almost everything, but when we came up against an issue that we didn't agree on, our typical approach was, well, we just put it on the back burner and agree to disagree. And it wasn't worth ruining our marriage over, so that's the way we left it. 
But then we wound up going to an abiding seminar, which covers or is all about John 15, in which Jesus says that if I abide in you and you abide in me, you can produce much fruit. And without me, you can do nothing. And our experience is most people don't believe that, that without Jesus, you can do nothing of any eternal consequence. But we went to an abiding seminar that truly changed our marriage because it really showed us using a scriptural process of how to hear from God and recognize that we could go to God individually and hear what he had to say for us and have it confirmed by our spouse. And so when we would have an issue that we didn't agree on, we would we learned that you have to go to neutral first. And my problem and the reason why it's worked so well for us is that being a very strong salesman personality, I would go to God and ask him what he had to say about an issue, whether we should hire this person or move to this house or whatever it was. And I would get an answer from God that would be different from Terry. So I would go to God and basically said, give me more evidence, more scripture, God, so <laughs> I can right. convince Terry that I'm right and she's right. wrong. Okay. Well, Terry would go to God in neutral and basically say, sick him, God. You know, let him know that um, he needs to be in neutral and hear your word from you. So that's what God did. He literally would show me that... I needed to go to neutral and truly hear what he had to say. And there are several of examples of that when we had a particular salesperson that I was really trying to hire that Terry just didn't feel good about. And I was trying to convince her that we should do it. And she said, well, let's go to God and pray about it. And we did. And sure enough, God told me that when I'm in neutral, that he's not the right person. And it turned out a month or two later that he, in fact, wound up having tax issues and would have never been a good C-12 chair to work with us. And so the Abiding Seminar has helped Terry and I learn how to hear from the same Holy Spirit and have it confirmed on every issue so that we can truly agree on every issue 100% of the time, every time, and that, as Psalm 133 says, he commands a blessing when we're in unity, and we do our best to do that. It, it's, it's so important to realize that God is not going to contradict himself. Right. You know? yes. So he's not going to say one thing to Scott, one thing to Terry. Folks, if you're listening on the radio today, um, go back and, and reread chapter 15 of John and, uh, and, and just pray on that, that you would get the same clarity that they have, um, or reach out to the uh, C12 group will tell you about the abiding uh, courses and where they're available, and uh, because they're available not only in our community but uh, but across the country. Um, you both created and participated in a very special C12 event in December, um, and it was called a Day of Unity, and we brought well, there were 146 C12 members and their guests that that came together from Lakeland to Clearwater. And all of us came together. What was your takeaway, Scott, as you heard the the C-12's new national president, Mike Sharrow, and Jim and I interviewed Mike on on the radio here back in May when he first took over. What was it that you heard as he shared his vision and he cast it to the 146 people uh, in attendance? What did you hear that got you excited 
because I, I know you have been since, uh, since that, that very day. You bet. Probably the biggest thing that I walked away with was, first of all, just looking out around the room and seeing that many people all together at one time and recognize the impact that ministry could be done if everybody's working collaboratively together. And most of our guys are in individual groups and don't see everybody all at once. And as Mike shared his vision, he really challenged us to look at the opportunity and expanding exponentially the amount of ministry that can be done through companies who have dedicated themselves to Christ. And I looked at our group and said, if we have 75 C12 members and another group, uh, another 25 or 30, 35 key players, we have 120 people here, that if we work together in ministry and every company were to commit to work together, we could have a huge impact uh, in the Tampa Bay area as well as around the country. And so I am really excited about seeing all of our companies working together on a couple of ministry projects that any one individual company can do a lot through salvations and and time and donations. But you get 75 companies working together together with all of their employees, and we could have a 1,000 people turn out for a particular ministry, and the impact of that in the culture of Tampa Bay can be huge, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that happen. And we have some very large C12 companies here in in Tampa Bay. We, you know, K-Force, and under the leadership of Dave Dunkel, and uh, Bart Azzarelli at Dallas One Construction with BJ and uh, Paul and the others. Um, so there's a lot of those companies take on big projects, but a lot of our smaller ones with 10, 20, 30 uh, members aren't quite sure how to get into ministry. The, the definition that I've used on, on um, this show, Ministry in the Marketplace, for ministry, uh, and I know that there are probably deeper, more th- theological, but the definition that I've used uh, with my members is ministry is meeting the needs of people where they are at using the unlimited resources of God. And that's what we want to do. And sometimes that's just praying for people, right? Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, you can count on me, Scott, to pray for you, you know, many times we'll say, hey, look, let's pray right now. And mm-hmm. we do that on the, at the end of our phone call or um, when something comes up, we'll just say, let's do that now. But we need to do that. Um, and um, I, I think that's what God wants us to do is to is to be there using His resources and lives of people. Fantastic, thank you, um, Terry. Was there something? Was there a synergy that you that you experienced that day among the hundred and forty six people? Uh, because I know you were there and and uh, you were excited about it. And um, what, what was that spirit like? Because that was the first time that we had ever done anything like that. Well, and I think we need to give you credit, too. We got the idea from you because well, you did I, it. That's kind of how <laughs> I set this up. Is that, no, no, no. No, we really did. You did it in your groups the year before. But I think the thing that struck me, it was, and, and it strikes me every time we go to a national C12 meeting. This, however, was local. When you look at our our what we used to call member of the year banquets, which started off as maybe 20 people. Right. And I looked out over a group of 146 people. Right, yeah. It was mind-boggling and humbling and 
I was awestruck at just the size of what this has become. And it happens every time I go to a national meeting as well, because we can remember national meetings when there were 50 people sitting in the room. And, but the synergy and the unity that was there that day was just totally spirit inspired. And Mike Sharrow did an amazing job of laying out the vision of how they want to, they're going to take C12 global. It's just a matter of time. It because it's God's will. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If let me let me uh, this is going to sound cheesy and like a C12 commercial um, Scott, but what would you say to that that individual who owns their company or the individual who has the ear of the owner of of a company? Um, we like to make a distinction here that it, that these are um, they may be um, Christian-owned, but they're made up of lots of different people of different backgrounds or maybe no faith at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but running a kingdom company is one that is Christ-centered, God-honoring. To that individual who owns their own company and is looking for something more to connect the Sunday morning sermon with the Monday morning madness, what, what would you say? Why would you encourage them to come to a C12 group? We have been so convinced, I think, by Satan that we can't mix faith in the marketplace. We've been told for years you can't talk about faith or politics, although now that's, um, at least politically, something that a lot of people are doing. But it's been amazing to me how many of our new members have come in with the understanding or the belief that they they had to be closet Christians, that unless somebody asked them specifically, they really couldn't talk about Christ, yeah. and Satan has done a great job of trying to shut down the visibility of Christ at work, and pun intended. And as a result of that, one of the things that happens immediately for our C12 members is, as I talk to them, is I want them to understand that they are truly a pastor of a church called whatever their business is, right? and that... Sure. As a leader of that business, we are all going to have a performance appraisal with Jesus, according to Corinthians 5.10, in which at the beam of judgment seat, Jesus is going to ask every one of us, how many people that I put in your, in, in your touch, the average small business touches 10,000 to 100,000 people a year between employees and suppliers, vendors, customers, etc. And so I believe Jesus is going to ask us, how many of those 100,000 people did you witness to? How many did you disciple with Bible studies? And how many people have you helped with the profits that I generated through you? And we all want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. The challenge is most of us don't know how to do that. And that's what C12 teaches that person who joins C12, how to do that in a culture that we're living in today. Yeah, it's, it's exciting to realize that we have the tools and that as individuals come in, they may may believe that this is their company and uh, they uh, self-made man or woman. And it isn't long after they've been rubbing shoulders, and it's called the Christian 12 for a reason. It worked for Jesus. So we, we're shoulder <laughs> to shoulder around as an executive roundtable with, with these 11 other individuals and a chair. And uh, with materials that help them through that, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing because it's not long, and people recognize. Wait a minute, this is not my company. That this is me stewarding 
God's company. It's an amazing thing. Um, Okay, I am your Ministry in the Marketplace host and C12 Chairman Ross Harrop, filling in for Jim Brangerberg. And we've been talking to Scott and Terry Hitchcock, and our time together is coming to a to an end for today, but I don't want this to, to close without you being able to share that deep part of, of your witness and your testimony. So let's get deeply personal during this last segment of the show. Um, both of you mentor men and women, but it has been said that you can't give away that which you do not possess. And Tragedy struck your family just back just a couple of years ago in, in, in a terrible way, and your lives, your testimony, and your ministry have never been the, t- the same since that, that terrible Sunday afternoon. Terry, can you share your experience knowing God has someone listening right now who needs to hear how you lived through the darkest days as a, as a, as a mother and a grandmother? And uh, would you kind of just share that and just the synopsis in our just our last few minutes together? Um, yes, about two years ago, um, we lost our four-year-old grandson, who was our youngest, uh, in a tragic accident. And um, it was probably the darkest time of our lives as a family and us personally. Um, and, it, you know, a lot of Christians think that they're not going to have tough times. But those tough times are the things that grow you, that as you walk through that valley of the shadow of death, you know that without the faith that you have in Christ, you wouldn't have made it alone. And um, really, I think my own grief and Scott's grief was hard enough, but watching your child grieve his own child is a different pain altogether and knowing you cannot take his pain away um, and so through that experience I can say personally over the last two years my faith uh, has deepened I have learned what it means what the scripture means when it says the Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds I know that I know what that means because two years later even though the pain is still there, and we just celebrated the anniversary of his death, because he's with Jesus. I know he's with Jesus. He's walking streets of gold. He's having a great time. He's playing soccer, football. But not being able to touch him and hold him and laugh with him is a pain that doesn't go away. And But it gets better because the Lord heals you through it. And you've been able to share that. And I, I just remember being at that memorial service over in Lakeland at the school and uh, at, that, at that big church, and it was filled. And, um, you know, it's amazing. It's emotional for me just knowing how strong the two of you were and the ability to walk through that and knowing the pain that you were feeling but being able to declare to that entire church and the thousands that were there that Hayden had a hope that he was in eternity and now he's there and what a lesson that was for all of us in that room and I know that those kids and those families over there at the Lakeland School will never be the same their lives were changed and you can hear a sermon and then you can see people live uh, a sermon as well well said 
let's uh, we're going to close out uh, the show. But um, as we come to another uh, I Work For Him show, I want to thank you for listening to I Work For Him today. When you're getting home today, please take time to go to our website, IWorkForHim.com. And uh, I trust that you've been challenged by Scott and Terry Hitchcock's story today, and you too are going to integrate your faith into your specific role at work. Our workplace is, in fact, our mission field, and in the mission field, you may be the only Jesus that your coworkers and your employees may ever meet. I know that it begins right there in your little cubicle. You have an opportunity. And as I said in the beginning, you can sign up um, at, on the I Work For Him uh, website, and they'll send you the covenant that, uh, that, that gives you kind of a template for praying for your employees, those coworkers, even those that you're not getting along with today. If you start praying for them, you'll be amazed at how God will intercede and that they'll some of that, that ice will start to thaw and that they're going to just catch a glimpse of this Jesus that, uh, that you're living with, that you're walking with in his presence, in the present, each and every day. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show uh, with your guest host, Ross Harrop. I am a Christ follower. My workplace is my mission field, and I work for him is real if you bring it to life where you're at then jim and martha will have done their job and i've been a small part of it today let's connect next february 3rd as we return to ministry in the marketplace